Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. I wasn't able to compete for a state title, and it frustrated me a little bit. But I knew that coming into this year, it was a different mindset. It's not just a state title. It's a national title now. And so just being able to compete for that, coming into Elite Eight, and just knowing the stage is bigger for sure. And and I'm ready, and I know the team ready. And as a whole, we're all going to come in, and we're going to play hard, and we're going to try to win this thing for sure. And I know they're ready. So you heard Devontae Davis following the win over Oral Roberts in the Sweet 16 back in 2021 that was an awesome moment first time you've been to the elite eight since 1995 he announced yesterday that he's back with his teammates and his coaches i want to thank my family our fans race back basketball program and must for showing me the support last week now i don't know about you my mind went in the worst place possible is he quitting what is he doing i have no idea now we i don't think ever going to get the full story the full details on this information whatever he's going through i hope he's okay but it's good to have him back you look at what he's done for razorback basketball the last two years back-to-back elite eight runs if you remember the game-winning dunks against kentucky and auburn i say game-winning really game closing dunks against those schools he was really the catalyst against colgate your first round game in 2021 when you're down like 15 at one point, he shut down Mac McClung for Texas Tech. He ended up winning that one in, in going en route to the Sweet 16. Game winning shot against Oral Roberts. Another part that no one's really talking about, I think he's one of the big reasons you got Nick Smith to campus. Him and Nick grew up playing together. They both kind of lived in the Jacksonville, North Little Rock, Sylvan Hills area. So I think he's a big part of that as well. And Tommy, I'm just happy to have him back. I think he definitely did some recruiting of his own on a recruiting Thursday. Let's talk about it. We're brought to you by World of Wireless, 877-305-DISH, a three-year price guarantee. You don't have to sign a contract or commit yourself to three years, but if you make the move to DISH right now, they'll guarantee no inflation, no price increases for three years. You get the hopper system, uh, which is the best technology when it comes to a DVR with 16 tuners. You get the sling built in, which means you can log in remotely to your receiver, watch live TV or recorded shows on your DVR wherever you're at worldwide. And uh, you get the voice-activated remotes, local installation, all of that. 877-305-DISH for your three-year price guarantee from World of Wireless. 
I didn't I, I didn't have the feeling this was going to go, you know, into next week. I didn't think Devo would miss a second game. Um because I th- my thought was if this is a family situation or if this was um, you know, the health of a family member or something of that nature, probably more information would come out to clear up the matter. Muss's statement was the timing was odd, 30 minutes before which and we see that when a player's suspended or a player's got got a got an injury you're trying not to disclose or something of that nature where the statement will come, you know, minutes before tip off. And that's what happened the other night. But it was so brief that made it peculiar. Uh, like you knew you knew you weren't getting all the story because it was like nine words or whatever. Um, so you know this is a situation where I don't know what necessarily went on. My mind wants to go back to Hawaii and kind of really dig into you know look at you know something out of that. I don't know. I may be going in the wrong direction there. But what I am certain of is this is a situation where they need each other. Muss and his team need Devo on it, and Devo needs to be on this team at Arkansas. This is a mutually beneficial deal. So I'm glad what whether it was a family situation or just a, a personality, uh, some friction. You know, I don't know. You know, we're, we're left to, to speculate. Whatever it is, it's a good thing they've gotten it smoothed out and ironed over. He got, uh, he because po- because he, they need each other moving forward. Yeah, he played his least amount of minutes all season against San Diego State in the first mm-hmm. half, didn't play at all in the second half. So mm-hmm. I think there are some elements that you could at least piece together. And the speculation is him and Eric Musselman had a spat, and this has happened. Now, if it was a family situation, most of the time when you see a release, it says he's dealing with – It's not. I'm not speaking to just Evo, but any – student athlete any coach or whatever they typically put family in there right most of the releases that i see for example like with with chuck when chuck's mom passed away we didn't say anything did not say a single thing or until we're like hey we'll let chuck address this when he comes back he did so people have to go about it their different ways or whatever that's fine it's 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 their call it's devo's call if he doesn't want to talk about that's family it is but in most cases that you see in something like this family is mentioned in the public statement if that's what the person wants, again, we're left to wonder mm-hmm. because the details aren't out there and they're not necessarily, we don't have a, you know, they're not, we're not entitled to that or have a right to that. But, it, it, you know, that's the problem when you don't give everybody the full story is you're left to speculate a little bit. Um, so it, it, I'm with you. If it, if it involves someone else's family or personal life like that, I'm not going to say anything until I know what they want me to say. You know, if if you have a family situation, you got to step away for a few days because, you know, someone in your family's sick or there's a situation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint that the light in the light you want it painted in because it's it's your situation. So again, bottom line is he's back with the team. You know, if there's a problem beyond some of the things that seem to be possible on the surface, you know, then you hope they they don't rear their head again somewhere down the road. Um, but we saw it. And listen, was it Hawaii hangover? Possibly. Is Troy much better than we thought? I think that's reality. But this team struggled without Devo the other night. I think we'd agree with that. I mean, Arkansas only led 15 minutes of the game, and it took to the final four to close the deal. So would that game have played out any different if Devo was there and everything was was hunky-dory? I, I, I don't think it would have hurt. You know, I think I think when you don't have him in and – you know, I don't think the plan was last week to put Barry Dunning in the in the lineup on Monday night. 
So, you know, I just wonder when you've got so many new faces on this roster, only two returning players, Kamani and Devo, how much of a leader, even though you're a veteran player, how much of a leader are you with a whole, a whole crew of new guys just because you've been around a while? We all think Devo is this, you know, uh, leading force behind the team, and maybe he is. We don't know what goes on in the locker room. But just because he's been around a while, this isn't like he's leading a group of players that have been here with him, and he's just got a year or two on them. You know, this is a whole new, you know, collection of players, and that's just the way it's going to be in college sports. Not just what Muss is ahead of the curve on that, but that's the way college basketball in particular is going to be. And we're going to see more and more of that in football as we're seeing the transfer portal, you know, dismantle football rosters and we're going to see them reassembled in, in a large way. So we all assume from the outside looking in, hey, Devo's this, this big voice and big leader in the locker room. He may be, but I just wonder about that when you got so many new people. Is he really the one everyone's following? Well, what Musselman said in the offseason was he's pushing Devo to be that and Devo's leading these drills, telling people if they're not doing it the mm-hmm. right way that when your coach is telling that's, that's a certain guy and it's all the players, there's a reason he's telling you all this. It's and we've we've heard the phrase before, the players decide who the starters are, the players decide who the leads are. And that's true in part, but when you have a coach that quote unquote annoys a certain guy which he seemed to have done that, at least from our outside looking in with Devo, that would be my response to that say. But I think you bring up some valid points as well with 11 guys not being on this roster now, last year. Yeah, I mean, so good. the good thing is he's back. And the good thing is, you know, hopefully he plays a considerable amount of minutes on Saturday. To me, that'll be a little more telling. Does he start Saturday? Does he not start Saturday? Does he play 25, 30 minutes? Or does he play five minutes or no minutes? That. I think that's another piece to this puzzle I'm interested in seeing be uh, placed on the table next. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. You got Hudson Card, Jacoby Criswell, uh, Haynes Keen. Who are some notable quarterbacks that you think Arkansas and Kendall Bryles and Sam Pittman are going to pursue this offseason? Well, I mean, it, it could be any of those three. I mean, Jacoby obviously is a, uh, uh, you know, a uh, one that comes to mind just because he's from the state of Arkansas. He was offered by Chad Morse and the staff now as far as being recruited to Arkansas by uh, that coaching staff uh, or Chad Morris. Uh, that, that's a different uh, different thing. He really wasn't recruited. He was offered, but and then Coach Pittman tried to come in and try to change his mind. But uh, that that had already been done with North Carolina. So I think he, he you know, he, you keep a, an eye on him if he jumps into the portal. Uh, and obviously, I, I, there's other guys, uh, 
jumping in the portal too. So I, yeah. right now, I mean, I, I, Chris Well is the one that would be obvious just because of his ties to the state and and uh, and him, you know, being from the state and 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 his uh, brother uh, Drake uh, Greenlaw uh, playing for Arkansas. So uh, I'd keep an eye on him, but uh, I, I think there's other possibilities too. So you mentioned Chris Wells. For those unfamiliar with that name, you mentioned the connection with Drake Greenlaw. Kind of enlightened us on who that is, Richard. Uh, there, you, you talking about the, their relationship? Yeah, you're. So the you're you're, you're bringing up the Jacoby Criswell connection, right? That's what he's yeah, Chris right, Greenlaw, right, right. That, okay. That's the connection. Okay, I, I for some reason I thought you said Chris Wells. I'm sorry yeah. about that. Uh, they're yeah, ha- they're oh, half okay. brothers. Clear that though. They're half brothers. Okay, right? I don't. That's a yeah, brain sorry about that. That's my bad. So well, it's, it, it, well, it's early in the morning, and uh, I'm thinking about those banging burgers or whatever I heard <laughs> earlier. So I'm sorry. I I had completely. Tommy had told me that I'd forgotten that a while back. So is there mutual interest? Is, is Jacoby now interested potentially in Arkansas if he was to enter the portal based on kind of not necessarily being recruited by Morris and that staff, but Pittman seemed to kind of rally it, like you're saying. Well, I mean, uh, I guess we're going to find out uh, come, you know, uh, pretty soon if he jumps in the portal. If he jumps in the portal, I'd, I'd keep an eye on it. Does this become like another recruiting season for you? I, I know it is for the coaches, and obviously this portal has changed everyone, everything. How do you approach it trying to cover – the sport and and what's the transfer portal done to to your work over the last couple of years? Well, it's obviously added to it, uh, but you know, it, it, people people talk about that. You know, as far as on my job, you know, as far as my job level, but you know, if I if I don't get a hold of a kid that uh, you know potentially a, a portal guy or or I you know or I don't have the right source and and saying hey this kid's uh, you know looking at Arkansas or whatever. Yeah, you know, I, I can live with that because I'm not not going to get fired, you know. <laughs> but you know, if you're a coach and you don't get the right uh, portal guys, especially with the way uh, college football is now, this is this is kind of like uh, you know the next next level of recruiting because it's it's so important. Uh, you you have so many guys leaving the program, so you got to replace them, and you hope to replace them with guys that are better just because they're, they're college uh, college uh, level guys that have been in programs for uh, you know maybe a few years or whatever or a year or two and they're, they're physically more mature and uh, the coaches that they they, they were 24 7 recruiting anyway and then this just took took it to a different level so it's it's uh i, I don't know I, I was talking to some high school coaches last night i'll do something on this uh uh, I've talked about it, uh, doing something on how it impacts the mid-level uh, prospects in the uh, high school uh, level. But it, I, I really, truly wish the NCA would step in and try to do something. It's, I think, it's too much of a madhouse. I'm, I don't think it's, I don't think it's good for the kids in college. Uh, so it, it, it's just, uh, I, I just think it's, it's, it's bad overall uh, for for the sport, to be honest with you. That's just me. Will it change? Probably not. Yeah. You know, we saw nine new players this year um, on the basketball team. And, you know, basically an overhaul roster with only two returning players. Um, is football headed that direction? Maybe not that drastic a percentage or totality of your roster, but are, 
Are we getting ready to see? We know there's 23 commits coming. How many more transfer portal players? And I mean, we, are we going to be pushing 40 new names on the roster next year? I mean, that's a possibility. Obviously, the next few weeks is very important for, for the January enrollees, for the guys that are uh, ready to uh, enroll in January. So a lot of activity will happen then. And then, and then you go uh, next semester, there's going to be a lot of activity because uh, guys will have, have the opportunity in May to jump into the portal. You, you have to uh, – I forgot the – I think it's January – I wrote about it on Sunday, but I forgot the, the date. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it goes gen- – uh, January, uh, December the 5th to January the 18th, right. I believe. I may be wrong no, that's for, it, for, that's the, for this portal cycle. And mm-hmm. then you go uh, you go in May, you have a cycle there, like a two-week cycle where guys can jo- join the portal. And that's after going through spring practice and stuff like that. And that's that's when it really heats up again, too, yeah. because uh, those, those are December, January, and May are just going to be crazy times for the portal. Yeah, and it's eleven of the thirteen players are new in basketball. I just did did the just said the wrong number in my head. It's it's early, like you said, Richard. But I just think we're headed to that point where, you know, this is going to be the craziest fifteen days of the coach's year of a head coach's year because you're you know some of these guys you aren't re recruiting. You're opening the exit door for them because you you realize hey this guy's not going to be able to to help me. And if you don't upgrade your total eighty five and your total roster, your opponents are. And unfortunately, yeah. you're, you're you're inviting some players to leave because you just don't see the future with them. So it's it's crazy. And then you got to deal with your staff, and you got to deal with nil stuff. I just think the day for a coach is um, so intense uh, anymore because of all of the things that are coming at you from nil to portal to staff. These are probably the worst three weeks of Sam Pittman's year right now. I agree, and and when uh, the dead period starts. Uh... And after signing day, the, the, man, you're talking about a huge exhale. Uh, that's exactly what he'll do and the, the coaching staff will do. Uh, it's uh, it, it's just a just different level of stress because uh, you already had enough stress uh, before the portal, and then this is just added to it. But uh, and, and, and again, it, probably my biggest thing is just is the mid-level high school prospects are not a the guys that you used to. Uh, sign and try to develop those days are basically almost gone yeah you've referenced that before i remember us talking about that in the summer at some point and you talked about hey well this is an issue so what are they to do what changes could you see them making with the transfer portal richard you know i uh you know I, i've said about uh, several times about not a lot uh, not allowing immediate eligibility i mean it the 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 portal and the immediate eligibility, uh, as far as not sitting out a year, that that right there just took everything to a different level. Uh, I, I just tend to think that you know when I was seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, I didn't have the life experiences to make a lot of the decisions that some of these kids are having to make, and a lot of them are, are kind of knee-jerk. Now I get it; some kids are encouraged to leave, other kids. Uh, are not the kids that are not, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's something that, uh, I just don't think that you're teaching this generation the, the right way to, uh, to do things. And I, I've talked to many of, uh, high school coaches and college coaches about this. And 
that they they agree on that one and one of the high school coaches brought up a good idea last night you have to uh, have to have a mandatory 20 to 25 guys that you sign are from high school ranks uh i would, would that happen I, I i doubt i doubt that that would happen right. but i mean that's 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 something that the uh, uh high school coach told me last night and i you know i, I see that but at the same time you're kind of hamstringing you know, college coaches from um, you know really doing their jobs because everybody else is going to the portal so so hard, and you're needing to you know fill in spots. And the longevity of a high of a college coach, as far as first year, uh, I mean first first time uh, college coach, or you you get a new job. Excuse me, it used to be four or five years. It's it's two or three years now. The expectation has changed, kind of like you're talking about because now with the portal and nil the thought process is hugh freeze can come to auburn and start winning not just year two year three but really year one so how does if you have the nil resources yeah how, how does that ramp up the the portal usage from what we saw as it started to where it could be in the next year or so yeah it, it is definitely definitely there's there's guys going around shopping for better uh, better deals. There's no doubt about that, and some of it's coming from their, you know, their their family or their uncle or you know, urging that. And you got to be careful in that situation. Uh, you, you may go, be going from a, a playing situation where you may be sitting just because you 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 want some extra money. And I get it. And the money can be very 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 good, but you really got to be careful about that and have have the right people in your in your uh, in your circle yeah it's championship weekend in college football with conference titles being decided it's also state championship weekend in our state uh the 2a the 5 the 6 and the 7a championships of this weekend uh, a highly anticipated matchup i think that you know brand names if you will in in high school football greenwood versus pulaski academy in the 6a championship game you got bryant taking on bentonville and can the seven A West, uh, you know, stake their claim to a title again against a Bryant program? It's you know the definition of a dynasty. What what's exciting you this weekend in those matchups at War Memorial? You you you, you mentioned to the to the matchups that I'm pretty excited about. I'm excited about uh, Parkview and uh, and Shiloh mm. going against one another. It, it's uh, anytime you you have uh, state titles on the line, usually the matchups are very good. And the games are very good. So, uh, and you you mentioned a couple things as far as Bryant just being kind of like a dynasty, and they are. Uh, what Coach uh, Buck James has done at, at Bryant is just amazing. Uh, it, it's 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 amazing how, how you can win, you know, with such consistency, and especially at the highest level. But uh, uh, those are some, obviously those games. Uh, all of them are going to be good. I mean, the two two a uh, matchup i think it's going to be a good one too who are the players to be watching this week a lot of people will, will be there but there'll be a lot more watching on aetn this weekend who who are the players you should zero in on in those four games well uh definitely the bentonville uh bryant game you're going to be looking at joey sua who's mm -hmm. committed to arkansas the offensive lineman for bentonville then uh tj Lindsay, the defensive lineman uh number nine for bryant he's a 2024 kid who's got uh, numerous offers including arkansas uh greenwood uh that 
Kane Archer, if he plays, uh, he, he's kind of like a backup right now, but he's a 2026 quarterback that who, uh, who has an Arkansas offer. And, uh, uh, Plasky Academy's got numerous guys that I really like to tie it in. He, his name escapes me. He's a, he's a junior. Uh, he's been con- kind of, kind of compared to, uh, Hunter Henry a little bit. Uh, not saying he, he he's going to be that, but, uh, he definitely is very talented. I think it's interesting that you, you've seen some of the private schools or the all the private schools move up. Shiloh Christian, PA, Harding Academy, and the 4A's in the semifinals all are doing very well. And the idea was with these equity points, they'd move up and it'd be you know, maybe more difficult for them to get to this point. But Richard, we're seeing the success for Shiloh and PA right away in, in getting to the title games in their, higher, their newer, higher classifications. You know, the... the, the you, you look at what, what that you know at that situation. Uh, there, there's several things that come into mind: funding from the schools, the the, the uh, just how how focused they are on athletics and, and the support that they give their coaches, but also uh, you know education. A lot of a lot of parents want their kids to to have a, a quality education. Not saying you don't have that in public schools, but in the private schools, you you, you they may cater to certain areas that you want your kids to be addressed academically and uh, socially and i think that's what helps uh, make makes them so so attractive and obviously when they have a you know a, a history of what you know of, of good football that attracts other athletes too so it uh, doesn't surprise me Richard, last thing from us where's kevin kelly gonna land yeah i i don't you know I haven't really checked in with Kevin lately. I mean, I hear him on the radio, and and uh, I mean, he seems to be doing pretty good in real estate. Uh, but you know, football coach is a football coach, so uh, who knows? Who knows? But uh, you know, when, when you've had as much success as him in the in the you know in his career, you're always going to be a wanted commodity. So it will be interesting. We'll leave it there, man. Appreciate the time. We'll talk next week. All right, guys. We'll see you. Have a good one. All right, Richard Davenport with us here, recruiting Thursday on the Morning Rush, brought to you by Burton Pools and Spas. They've sold over 8,000 spas in their 44 years at Burton Pools and Spas, and no one can match the sales and service aspects when it comes to your new hot tub or a pool from Burton's. A little over a year ago, we got a hot tub, and anytime we've had a question or anytime we're, uh, you know, I've been uncertain about how to maintenance or take care of something, Burton's is right there. You can stop in either location, they'll test your water. Help you get the uh, chemicals balanced if you need help there. And they're going to give you a great price. They got 80 hot tubs in stock right now, starting at $34.99, and payments as low as $47 a month. So if you're considering a new spa for the holiday season to kind of soak away the stress, Burton's is there for you. Again, Springdale and in Fort Smith, and always online at BurtonPools.com. It is December 1. December 1st. There's a lot of good things about the month of December. Tommy, it's your birthday in the month of December. Mm-hmm. My birthday in the month of December. We got snow. got Christmas music. When do you think it's okay to play Christmas music? I think it's December 1st. I'm not a big fan of right after Thanksgiving. I'm not before Thanksgiving. I think once December hits, it's okay. You're talking about playing it, you know, like in your playlist when you're listening to your Alexa, or are you talking about playing it here on the radio show? Either or. I think it's 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 the frequency in which you play it. I'm not ready to hear it nonstop. Some radio stations will change to all Christmas. Twenty five days of Christmas. Yeah, I'm. 
I'm not one of those guys that's going to listen. There's just not enough good Christmas music for me to listen to it for three or four weeks. So I'm okay with about the 15th. I don't need a heavy dose of, of Christmas music. I like the Nat King Cole, Frank Sinatra, the oldies. Yeah, old that's, school stuff. That's the, the stuff I enjoy. It's also National Christmas Lights Day. I know several people have had their Christmas lights up, not just starting today, but for weeks in, in, in some cases. Got ours one, up yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Did you do that yourself, oh, or Lord, did no. you pay someone to do it? Pay somebody okay. to do it. My dad, that was one of my dad's favorite dates. Now, my parents, they are really excited. They got a Christmas tree at this Christmas tree farm about 45 minutes from their house. They have one out back, one out front. They're going to have a small one inside. How many trees do you guys well, have? Well, they don't have my wife's feeling that, that time of the year. We haven't unboxed and done anything yet. So I'm guessing this year, when I have seen as many as four trees in our house, I'm guessing may, in, not, may not even get to one this year. In your house or out, like outdoors? and or, No, inside. Oh, we have, we've had the big four. one there in the front room, you know, with the tall ceiling. we got a, like a 12-foot tree for there. There's been one in the sunroom that, you know, that's been my Razorback tree. That's the one that we usually put all the Razorback ornaments on. Then uh, some of those tabletop, you know, like two-foot trees. You know, so I don't know if you really count those, but yeah, kids, those are the kids to decorate. JT's wife is ready November the 1st for Christmas. That's way too early. I think that's a little early as well. Some of the other things in December, you got conference championships. We've got championship Saturday. This is where uh, a lot of people like to travel. That's a big part of Christmas is going to different places. I know that some of you have vacations planned out. Uh, This is where fantasy football kind of heats up, and we have our championships and whatnot for some of you that participate in that. But I know there's a a lot of things that go on during this month. Technically, it's the first month of winter, right? Is the winter solstice also this month in December? It's December 21st. Okay. Then you got the spring one in March. So yeah, four of a year. What does a solstice mean? For the st- I'm I, I am not educated enough to line it up. It's where the, 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 the sun and the earth and all that are at their 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 furthest points. And back in the I'm gonna get way off track here and say something that's way wrong, but back in the, the seven thousand years ago when the Mayans were building the pyramids and the Egyptians those pyramids lined up and they knew at that point because of the shadows and the way it lined up on those pyramids, how it was going to have to, how's you know that was that that e- that equidistant point of the year. Do you ever have a desire to go to Cairo, Egypt, and see some of those pyramids? I've seen the ones the in Mexico, and I'm going to okay. see them again in March, and I'm planning to be at one of them on March 21st, just by coincidence. But uh, I want to show them to my kids. We went on our anniver- on our honeymoon uh, in 2004, and Laura and I saw them. we were there March like March 20th. The day before the spring equinox, so that's the only reason I know anything about that stuff is when we were on that trip. There were thousands of people there to see because when it lines up, it's pretty neat. So where are y'all going for spring break? Mexico. Egypt. Okay. You, you no, we're not Mexico. going to Egypt. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. When you said that first, I didn't know it was no. going to either be one or the the two. Where in Mexico? Cancun area. So. Been to Cabo. Responsible been. parenting, taking our uh, kids to uh, Cancun for spring break. Dylan and the younger one still can't drink just yet. What's her name? It's Abigail, right? <laughs> there you go. The younger one. <laughs> I thought that was right. I was, right. I was scared for it. I, I, <laughs> Taylor's the oldest. There you Dylan's go. Dylan's the middle you got one. It down. Abigail's the youngest. <laughs> oh. Put you on the spot. No, that's what we're going to do. I don't, I, I, and I hate to miss that time of the year because it's right in the throes of basketball, but 
mean, your kids are only this age once, you know. Uh, and I get it. We didn't go anywhere last year, so I'm trying to go every other year. Being hopefully the plan is Des Moines, Iowa, Kansas City, Missouri, Houston, Texas. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. So I mentioned in hour one, it's National Christmas Lights Day. It's also National Pie Day. Now, I know you don't prefer pumpkin pie, mm, Tommy. It's the worst. But what is the best pie out there on National Pie Day? Well, for me, if, if we're going to go buy a pie, it's going to be a good peach pie. But peach is my favorite fruit. I mean, you can't go wrong with apple pie. But there's, you know, there's other good, you know, pecan pie is not bad. Um, make it, around here they call it Blue Ribbon Downs Pie, but it's like... Uh, like a bourbon pecan chocolate chip pie. I mean, it's rich. It's like Bill Gates rich. I mean, it's, but it's good. It's got some sugar in it. Oh, peanut butter pie. I have chocolate when peanut you get butter pie is my favorite. You get the chocolate crust in particular, like the, uh, you know, the, uh, you normally get, I don't know, whatever it is. They, not granola. What am I thinking of here? That they put on the, the base of a pie Oreo crust. Oreo crumb? Yeah, the, or, when they do the Oreo okay. pie crust there and then do the peanut butter. With the real whipped cream. Mm. So you do like the whipped topping and the, oh, yeah. the stuff on top? Yeah. But peach know, pie. Peach pie with just, a, and I don't eat a lot of ice cream with it, but but I was raised on peach cobbler. That's what, that was my mom's kind of like go-to. She had two. Cherry cheesecake that she'd make, which she made for Thanksgiving the other day, and it was like going back to my childhood, or, or peach pie or peach cobbler. Is a cobbler and a pie the same thing? It's pretty darn close. They're close. But they're I, not actually the same. I don't. I feel like you can only eat cobbler in the South. I've never been to a Northern <laughs> restaurant and been able to order a cobbler. But they're basically constructed almost the same way. Yes. Yeah. It's our Southern version of being able to do that. For my money, peach pie though. I like peach pie. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with a good peach pie. How often do you eat pie? Like, is it every time it's in the window seal? No. If you will, and I I'm say window fat seal. enough. <laughs> The when you see it out, I think restaurants are they do their customers not a disservice but a service by putting that in a mini fridge where the pies are. Oh, in that's like salesmanship. A, yeah, that's yeah. A, it's absolutely you know, how much salesmanship. How much does so. sales increase when they do that? Well, I mean, you you can't sell what you're what you're hiding there. What is your favorite pie? You can text that into uh, the program here this morning. And uh, 877-377-6963. Maybe we'll get into that with Tom Murphy here coming up. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs. They're Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. You can log on at redriverdodge.com. A lot going on with the transfer portal. Uh, will there be staff changes? Bowl announcement comes up Sunday. And uh, we'll get into some of that with Tom. Don't forget also basketball this weekend. We'll have the game right here for you on uh, ESPN Arkansas. Also following the game, another basketball post-game show on Saturday. Ruskin and Zach are going to uh, take your reactions following 
basketball on Saturday. Tom Murphy joins us now. Tom, good morning. What's your favorite kind of pie? It's National Pie Day. Um, I've got several, but um, you get one. Thanksgiving Pick one. and Christmas. Yeah. Uh, well, I will. It's it's pecan pie. Thanksgiving, Christmas, must have. Uh, no doubt pecan, but man, I like chocolate and a bunch of others. A lot of good ones out there, man. A lot of good ones. Do you only eat pie around the holidays, or is it pretty much any time you can get your hands on it? Uh, mostly at the holidays, but uh, every once in a while I'll see one in a store and just grab a pecan pie as well. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's high up on my list right there. So thanks for letting me know. I uh, will be sure to secure a pie today. Love it. Love it. Tom, let's talk about Devontae Davis. That's kind of the big news that broke yesterday. He announced he's returned to the basketball team. Kind of what did you make of this? I don't know if I necessarily want to call it a, a saga, but it has been on the front of people's minds the last couple of days with this basketball team. Well, um, you know, thankfully for all involved, it was a relatively brief saga. And I don't know, uh, when a coach says you need to give a guy, you know, time, you know, just just thinking about him. Uh, you never know what it could be. It could be family related. Um, could be playing time related. Not really sure. But uh, thankfully, it appears to have been resolved to good effect. And and you know, our, Devo Davis is is a spark plug player for this team. They need him. Um, and here's the thing. So Nick Smith is coming back right now. Devo's coming back to the team. You're adding uh, two new dynamics that they've only known about, you know, some in practice. And we saw on the court the other night that, you know, they looked a little bit um, kind of feeling their way through when Nick Smith was in the game. So what Eric Musselman teams have done is they've they've managed to, you know, morph and and uh, adapt and find you know ways to be productive. And they're going to have to work through it in season with uh, the both of these issues. So, you know, um, I know that Razorback fans are going to have, you know, their anxious moments coming up. There's going to be some losses. Um, you really can't avoid that. But uh, it's, it's always uh, interesting to see how they work through all these dynamics. Yeah, it's a balancing act, and coaches have more things to balance than they ever have before mm-hmm. with IL and the transfer portal. Talking with Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. Tom, I know Bob goes to a lot of these basketball things, games, press conferences. And I know you got to. Is this a team that you almost like want to show up with Scotty and Bob now every time, just because of <laughs> how fun they are to watch? Yeah, you know, I did watch all the games in uh, Hawaii, and um, then I uh, attended the game Monday against Troy. Which, by the way, Troy was uh, Troy came at Arkansas. I like their. I like the way they they penetrate. I like their passing. Um, I think they're going to be a, a force in the Sun Belt. They feel it feels that way, uh, but yeah, because there's so much talent. I mean, you, you look at Jordan Walsh and like, what is he? Where is he going to fit in the best? You know, right now he feel it looks like he's he's looking at the rest of the team and thinking, you know, what do I do best? I mean, he's he's doing well on the defensive end and rebounding, uh, but we're going to see him develop on the offensive side too. That's what's that's what's great about Muslim teams is we know the talent's there, but they have to kind of find their roles and, and grow and develop and all, and, and he's proven that they do that each year. He's utilized the transfer portal to his advantage. A lot of fans are hoping Sam Pittman can do that once again. 
this offseason. Tom, kind of yep. what are you expecting starting next Monday and really for the next month and a half for Arkansas and the, the student student athletes that are trying to go after through the transfer portal in addition to the 23 they're hoping to sign in early national signing period? Well, I think they'll make some splashy, you know, they'll get some splashy names here. Uh, Coach Sam Pittman and the staff, I think their, quote, reputation in the industry is one of, you know, being a uh, hardworking team, um, respect from the coaching staff, and, you know, you think about where would they have been this past season without all their transfers, and, I mean, they they, not, they knocked it out of the park with the guys they brought in. They were all productive. They uh, all had the receiving core, huge roles, um, and it looks like they might have to tap back into to the receiving, to the receiver's uh, position in, in the portal as well. They got to refill that de- defensive back because they've lost some already with the portal. Um and, you know, what is Ladarius Bishop going to do? He's in this group. Uh, you know, the thing about managing your roster now is it's not just portal. It's not just signees. It's bringing back your guys who have COVID years. Which ones can you bring back? Which ones will help with your team dynamic? Great point. Um, which ones Which ones won't help you or you don't think they're going to have a spot? Um, so uh, it is a massive balancing act, and you've never had to deal with the numbers from different components uh, to roster management like they have now. And Sam Pittman walked right in the middle of this, in addition to walking right into COVID and NIL. It's been crazy. Tom, I always respect you, and you seem to be one of the first, if not the first, always breaking news when it comes to Razorback football. You broke the Jamil Walker news. Do you have something else to break for us in the coming weeks? Do you think this coaching staff <laughs> stays intact? Well, um, I don't know of anything that's imminent or is, is out there. Um, if you're Sam Pittman, you have to think about, all right, what, what's their, this coach's value in, in, in passing along my message and how they teach? What's, what's their value in recruiting? Um, and we've seen that the coaches who you know, weren't up to his snuff in recruiting don't last here long. Uh, I don't think they have any you know, major recruiting problem coaches right now, but – you know, we'll find out, um, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to it. You know, obviously people want to talk about the, the main guys. You know, Barry Odom is, is his right-hand man. The defensive stats didn't look great, but Sam Pittman knows the issues and, you know, personnel things that they had to deal with this year. Uh, I don't think he would go unless it's a decent head coaching job, and, and I've said that repeatedly. And then for Kendall Bryles, the, you know, the numbers look great. But there's some areas we know they have to improve in, and it's the red zone. And we talked about this on Tuesday. Short yardage in red zone, a lot of teams this year, you see, had some struggles with that. And if Arkansas is improved, you think about if they, you know, if they scored touchdowns on a slightly higher percentage of their red zone penetrations or low red zone, they, they would be sitting there at 8-4 and four right now, and people would be in a little bit different mood. So I, I say all that to say, Look at K.J. Jefferson's passing numbers, ninth among FBS quarterbacks in, in efficiency. Yep. So, um, and the PFF, PFF had so. a very high rating for him as well, number nine among, among Power 5 guys. Um, uh, the, teaching, the teaching is there. I think K.J. Jefferson's made improvements. Um, I love their balanced attack. I, I, and, if, and if they make a, a slight improvements, I, I mean, I think Kendall Biles is, is, has done a, a solid job with the Razorbacks. We're talking with Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. So, Tom, kind of just off the points you made, 
should there be any changes? Not if there are going to be. In your opinion, do they need a shakeup or are they best off heading in with this exact same staff into 2023? Well, we can make all the determinations from you know 10,000 feet that we want, but what we don't know is the internal dynamics. What are they like in meetings and all that kind of stuff. So it's not for me to say whether or not they do need a shakeup. Um, I just think that um, I still think they're a team that they lo- they were zero and four in games decided by seven points or fewer. If you if you reverse that, if you win three, you're a nine win. So um, I don't think they were that far off from from being a real high quality team. I really don't. And this is Sam Pittman's determination to make. And I I, I don't know the answer to should there be a shake up? Do you just shake things up just to say you shook them up? I don't I don't subscribe to that philosophy. So, you know, we'll find out in the coming weeks. Tom, I want to ask you about Hugh Freeze. He's a guy that a lot of people have opinions on. And I want to ask how it's going to affect Arkansas. Is that a bad thing that Freeze has been added back into the fold of the SEC for the Razorbacks? Well, um, you know, he knows the league. Um Arkansas, I'm not going to say they just had his number, but Arkansas had, other than you know the, the 2012 game down there in Little Rock was close, and that was with an interim coach that wasn't going much anywhere, and Arkansas still almost beat them. Um, but they did pretty well. I mean, they, they, they shut his team out in 2014 here. I believe that was the year. Uh, then they won the, the Henry Heave game in 15 and, and then uh, also beat him. In 16, um, so I, I'm, I'm one to, uh, I don't know, second chance kind of guy. Uh, I know what he did um, there was not good. But I honestly say, I was in on two press conferences for the Liberty game here, and I like his accent. Uh, he's a home, you know, he's a, he's a southern guy. And so, um I don't know if it's good for the league. I, I think I think he will do, do okay at Auburn. And so um, Arkansas knows what his scheme looks like. And so it's not like they're going to have to reinvent their defense to face it. Uh, they just need to, need to do a play better against his Liberty team this year. What's okay at Auburn? Because for all intents and purposes, Gus Malzahn was okay there. Beat Nick Saban, I think, <laughs> three times. They were consistently kind of eight, nine wins. They went to a national championship appearance his first year, won an SEC championship, I think twice, or, or excuse me, won the SEC West, I think, uh, twice after that. So what is the now expectation for Hugh Freeze, Auburn, with the transfer portal and NIL? Yeah, it's I, I hesitate to speak for what the, the standard needs to be at Auburn because sometimes I think, uh, you know, they don't have um, – <laughs> they're, they're, what they envision their coach to do is, is might, might be unattainable sometimes. Um, but um, beating Alabama every couple of years, you know, uh, having a great home record, um, making a splash. I mean, every team in the SEC West right now is spending the kind of money that that's what their fan base expects. Um, and every year there's going to be major disappointment. I and mean, then that's what you saw out of Texas A&M this year. Um and that's what you saw out of LSU last year. And, and then Arkansas 
they rise up last year, and then this year it's along the you know mediocre level. But you know what the schedule looked like, and I mean in Mississippi State, the same thing. Um, it's hard to maintain when you're going up against the teams that spend like Alabama, A and M, LSU, and Auburn. And so, you know, every year there's going to be two, three, four fan bases in the SEC West that are livid, upset at their coach. And I don't think if you're a fan that you understand what preparing your team week to week is like and getting a win on, on a Saturday. It is, we've never seen a, an era of college football in one division like we've seen in the past decade or so in the SEC West. Tom, speaking of Saturday, it's championship Saturday. A lot of games this weekend. You've also got Razorback basketball in the United States taking on Netherlands in the World Cup. With these games going on, there are going to be seeds that are decided for the college football playoff. What four do you want to see announced on Sunday at 11? Yeah, I'm I'm okay with the four that are up there right now. Um, the Pac-12 has not had great representation in the playoff. It's been okay, uh, but USC hasn't been in it, so I wouldn't mind seeing them get in there um, along with Georgia, Michigan, and TCU. I mean, that gives you four of the, the major conferences. Um, the the ACC this year, you know, they did not have uh, a Clemson type team that deserves to be in there, and even the teams like North Carolina that had good seasons. Uh, they slowed down at the end. NC State got off to a hot start. They slowed down. So you don't have a, a dominant ACC team. And I, I don't want to see, let's say, for instance, TCU um, win a close game or lose by a couple and then Ohio State come in and snag that spot or Alabama, for that matter. I'd, I'd like to see four different conferences this year. Well, you might get your wish. USC wins and TCU wins. I'd say you get that. Tom, we appreciate your time as always, man. We'll talk some basketball next Tuesday after this game on Saturday. I like the sound of it. Thanks, guys. See you. As Tommy mentioned just a short while ago, San Jose State, 3 o'clock. We'll have 2.30 airtime beginning right here on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. I do want to talk about the upcoming bowl game that you could be playing in just a sec. But first, let's welcome in JW in London. JW, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Hey, good morning. Y'all are being a bad influence on me this morning i my diabetic part of my mind says you cannot have pie for breakfast i'm sorry maybe later today but not for breakfast but as far as pies go i didn't grow up with it but i acquired the taste through the years any kind of cheesecake i like you can do key lime you can have chocolate cherry you can it takes on the flavor of just about anything you want to add to it blueberries peanut butter even. But I take one issue with Tommy there is that I have never tasted a peach pie that's even close to my mama's peach cobbler with a dollop of vanilla ice cream, homemade vanilla ice cream. A dollop. I've never had anything even close. I mean, (laughs) but anyhow, (laughs) y'all take care and have a good day. Thanks, J.W. So I think you and Tommy would be in the the same group in terms of the peach. I love peaches. That's something that my dad, one of his favorite things to do was to get some fresh peaches, fresh strawberries, fresh watermelon. He enjoyed that fresh fruit. He kind of has a garden now, and I I think he really enjoys that. He didn't necessarily have that. I don't remember at least him having that at certain points in my life, but then he started getting into it. Fresh fruits and vegetables, they're hard to beat when it comes to cooking 
and especially with peach cobbler. That sounds quite delightful. Now, this upcoming holiday season, December, I hope you get the gift of the Oklahoma Sooners. I was adamant about that yesterday. I think that this season could be looked at at a whole different vantage point if you get a chance to play Oklahoma. And yes, this is similar to a Texas team that you clobbered in 2014. And it wouldn't mean a great deal in terms of the quality of team you beat because, uh, frankly, Oklahoma's not that good. Sooner fans listening, you know that's the case. That being said, it would kind of rejuvenate the fan base after losing to Missouri if you were able to play Oklahoma. I think the only question is, would you play him in Houston or would you play him in Memphis? Now, I tend to think you play him in Houston. That's just my opinion. I don't know how the Big 12 does their bowl tie-ins, but I'm good either way if you play in Houston or in Memphis. I think there's a good chance you play Baylor in Memphis, and there's a good chance you play Houston, you play t- Oklahoma in Houston. I just want to play a team that would get fans excited to go to the game. And I think they're, they're fans right now, you're kind of frustrated, kind of angry. What did Chuck say yesterday? There's 40,000 fans that are griping and, and mad that they're driving to Memphis on the way to the game, and then you have all those fans show up for Liberty. Well, because of the proximity it is to not just Fayetteville, but the eastern part of our state and all over, I'd be excited about that. Get a chance to see a lot of Memphis kids that I went to school with, the U of A, which is always fun get to see Drew and other places. That's personal reasons, but I think that would be a game that people would end up going to. Now, in reference to the question I asked Tom about the four on Saturday, SEC-wise, for the first time in a while, I I don't think you're going to have two SEC teams in there. I have to go back and double-check, but it seems like there's always those two SEC teams that are making the college football playoff. Now, I'm not holding it out of possibility that somehow, someway, the college football playoff committee decides to put Alabama ahead of Ohio State. I don't know what rationale. I don't know what reasoning they'd use. They haven't played this, or they're not going to play this weekend. But don't be surprised if that actually happens. And I told you, Georgia doesn't want to play Alabama. Not that they'd welcome Ohio State by any means. I think they'd much rather play TCU or USC based on the line of scrimmage. Kirby Smart does not want to play Alabama. I don't care what he says publicly. He does not want to have to play Nick Saban in this football game upcoming the semifinal. Even if Georgia was to somehow, some way lose to LSU, they're in. Even if Michigan some way, how some way loses to Purdue, I think they're in. I'm going to be honest. If TCU loses close, I still think they're in. Now, if they get blown out by Kansas State, we have a different argument in front of us. USA loses close, big, they're out either way. That's something that is going to be fascinating to watch, not just on Friday, but this whole weekend. And I'm excited for Championship Saturday. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.